You're listening to the Philly Young Adults Podcast. Welcome back to the Philly Young Adults Podcast. My name is Josh. In the studio today, we have uh, Tommy behind the glass, our producer, and Jim is here. What's up, Jim? Hey, how's it going? So we're bringing you today a new segment or a new idea, what we're going to call Truth Bites. And the concept that me and Dan and Jim have been talking about is just bringing you guys some short devotional thoughts. It's kind of a short sermon of sorts, and it's going to be on different topics. So before we finish today, if you guys have ideas about different topics, maybe you'd like to hear us talk about Uh, Send us your emails, and I'll tell you how you can do that at the end. But today, Jim's going to kick us off for our first ever Truth Bite for the Philly Young Adults Podcast. And Jim, where are you going to be at in the Word today? Josh, thank you for the lovely introduction. Today, we're going to be looking into 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. Nice. All right. So, Jim, take it away, and uh, God bless you guys, and I'll see you at the end. Great. Thanks. So 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again unto a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So a few thoughts in regards to these verses that I'd like to look at and point out. Uh, Peter opens up his letter for all of us who call upon Jesus as Lord to bless God for his mercy. So first and foremost, this is a, a blessing of sorts. And he proceeds to then remind us of what that mercy has done for us. In fact, Peter calls calls this abundant or great mercy, depending on your translation. Now, mercy is a loaded loaded word. So let's take a moment to unpack it before we move on to the inheritance and the living hope that Peter describes. Implied in the word mercy is on one hand a need— and on the other hand, the means to accommodate that need. Let's look at a picture that Jesus gives us of mercy that most of you are probably familiar with, and it's in Luke chapter 10, verses 30 through 35 is what I'm going to read. The story that I'm drawing from here is referred to as the Good Samaritan. So Luke chapter 10 Verse 30 says, Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him he passed by on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, And when he saw him, he had compassion. 
He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. So there's a lot of things that could be drawn out from that passage, but the only thing I want to take note of in regards to it is how this good Samaritan met the needs of this man who'd been uh, robbed and beaten and left essentially for dead on the side of the road and how it relates then to the idea of mercy. So what we see in this story is not solely an emotion, but rather an emotion that leads then to action. And it's always taken by the strong towards the weak, or the rich towards the poor, or the one who has towards the one who has not. So mercy here was the ability to help, and then the heart to motivate an action, and then finally that action Taken. So the first two had passed by likely had the ability to help, but they were missing the other part of it. They had not the heart to step in and fill that gap or to act on behalf of this man who was uh, beaten and robbed and laying on the side of the road. But this good Samaritan, as he's referred to, uh, sees the need, has the ability to help in regards to that need, which we saw as he cared for the individual, uh, and he has the heart that then motivates him to step in and take action. Now, mercy includes all of these things. And now Peter calls the work of God in his Back to First Peter, uh, he calls the work of God and of Christ great mercy because the need we had was so huge and the provisions of God are so over the top. It says, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again. Romans 5, 8 tells us that God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God, seeing the need for us to be reconciled to himself, has taken it upon himself to accomplish that work. The one who was offended, the one who was owed, reaches out to us, the offenders, the debtors, and he squares up the debt. He deals with the offenses. While we were far off and unable to save ourselves, God stooped down and he bridged the gap for us. Jesus, being both God and perfect man, stands in the gap and takes our place in the death that we were to die. Himself, being the perfect sacrifice in full obedience to the will of God, has done what we ourselves never could. And our surrender of ourselves in faith to the Lord and his work on the cross now gives us new birth. That's why he says he caused us to be born again. He himself took this Initiative, And it goes on to say he caused us to be born again unto a living hope through the resurrection of Christ from the dead. Now, biblical hope is often defined as trustful expectation 
in the fulfillment of God's promises. It's the confidence that what God has done for us in the past guarantees our participation in what God will do in the future. It is not how the world defines it, which is a feeling that what is wanted will happen. Like, I hope that it doesn't rain on my birthday, right? There's, it's not, that's not rooted in any aspect of truth. So what we have been born again into, among other things, is a longing expectation and trust that is pulsing with vitality and vigor and life. That's why it's called a living hope. Because Jesus Christ himself is alive. Paul would say in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 17, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. The resurrection of Christ is the very truth that breathes life into our expectancy that Peter then goes on to describe. That he himself has prepared for us. And he says that we have been born again into this living hope, and it's an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. What God has in store for us is unlike anything and everything we currently experience. Our material possessions rot and they fall apart. Our cars break down. Our shoes wear out. Our motives and the motives of others are defiled and marred by sin. Those in power and authority are so easily corrupted We've all felt the effects of these things on a consistent basis, but God has reserved for us a kingdom that is so contrary to this, where there's absolutely no corruption, nothing and no one will be defiled and marred by sin, and it will continue unending for all of eternity in this state. And it specifically tells us that God himself is the one who has reserved this inheritance and by his own power is guarding you to guarantee the final transaction. That is the salvation which is ready to be revealed. In other words, God who is all-powerful is guaranteeing your inheritance. Our faith in the risen one is the only qualifying factor on our behalf. To the one who has trusted in the finished work of Christ, who has abandoned their unbelief in Jesus as the Son of God, who himself took upon himself the sin of the world, took our place and swallowed the wrath of God, dying in that state and being raised from the dead, ascending back to the Father in his physical body. Our trusting in him and that finished work grants us then this living hope. And there is no one and no scheme that can stop this from being fulfilled because the all-powerful one who is good and faithful, who never lies, has guaranteed it to us and is watching over it and us with his loving care. Now that is good news and that is certainly reason for us to bless the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So now here's the take home. All of that being said, how does that translate 
And what's the, the truth bite or the nugget that I can take home for myself here and now today? Despite what you may be feeling and or experiencing in life right now, whether you're thriving, full of joy and peace, or maybe currently you're really experiencing the corruptibleness and defilement of this present world, you may have just been hit by one letdown after the other. Let this truth breathe new life into you. To the one who has believed on Jesus Christ as Savior for the work that he himself has accomplished on our behalf, let this breathe into you new life. Let this be your living hope that God Almighty has reserved for you a place with him that will last for all of eternity. And the glory and beauty of this place that you are guaranteed to inherit is imperishable. It's free from all defilement and will never, ever fade away. And he himself, by his own power, not your power, but his own power, will see you through this life and usher you into eternal life. Now that, my brothers and sisters, is reason enough to rejoice and bless the Lord for. So I hope this encourages you today, wherever you're at, wherever you're, you're you know, currently uh, listening to this. Um, let this living hope that Peter describes for us uh, encourage you on in the faith. Let it grant you the endurance it's meant to grant you to persevere through whatever you may be uh, experiencing right now in the here and now. And if you're here and you're in a great place and you're full of joy and thriving and God's been blessing you, let this spur you on even more so and invigorate your 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 faith uh, to a new level. So God bless you guys. Uh, we love you. Grace and peace. Well, guys, thanks for being with us today. Hope you were blessed by our first Truth Bite with Jim and everything he had on his heart. Hope you were encouraged. In the future, as I said in the beginning, if you have ideas or thoughts about um, future Truth Bites, uh, send us your emails at ya at ccphilly.org. Also, if you ever want to come join us for our Young Adults Bible Study here at Calvary Philly on a Monday night, we meet at 730 and uh, you can find out more information about that on our website at phillyyoungadults.com. Also, we're about a month out from our Philly Young Adults Conference, which will be on October 13th and 14th. So registration is live. Once again, visit our website at phillyyoungadults.com. We'd love for you to come out and be with us on a Friday night and Saturday to study the Word of God together and to do it along with a bunch of other young adults. So God bless you guys and see you next time.